the sling and a stone But the heart of a lion dared him to go To hear the sound of the cynical Die out with the sound of the giant's fall Good morning and welcome to church. Thank you for joining our online service this morning. It's summer outside and I really hope you do appreciate the weather and that you're spending a lot of time outside with friends and family. Um, we are privileged to have such beautiful weather at this time of the year. We are in a series looking at the life of David and, and the whole challenge is that his life must challenge our own life, our own faith. Um, today we're going to talk about disappointments and failures and the impact that have on our faith and, uh, and, uh, and what we must do, how, my, how we must act and react in these kind of situations. But before we, we start our service, let's just bow our heads in prayer and listen to the following Psalm of David. A few verses from Psalm 5. Listen to my words, Lord, consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful, you, Lord, detest. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reference, I bow down towards your holy temple. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we may come into your presence this morning. Thank you that we know that you are with each one of us. And when we come to you, we know that you listen to our requests and our prayers. And that you are best equipped to give us what we want and what we need and what you know the best will be for each one of us. Thank you for for church. Thank you that we can come together and listen to your word. And even if we can't worship together, you know that, that we love you, Lord Jesus. And that our lives is in your hands. And that we trust you. As we are looking at the life of David, teach us from scripture. 
put in our hearts and in our minds what you want us to hear and want us to be and want us to do. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from, from 2 Samuel uh, 2 Samuel 18. The story of the battle between David and Absalom. Uh, if you have time, you can you can uh, read through um, 2 Samuel from, from chapter 13 through to 17 through to 18. Um, everything that happened between David and his kids, between David's kids among themselves. But we're only going to read 2 Samuel 18. We can start at verse 4. Um, David was forced into battle against Absalom. He wanted to lead in battle, but his, his um, uh, leaders told him he can't go there. He must stay at home. So, so we read from um, 2 Samuel 18, verse 4. The king answered, I will do whatever seems best to you. So the king stood beside the gate while all his men marched out in units of hundreds and of thousands. The king commanded Joab, Abishai and Ittai, be gentle with the young man Absalom for my sake. And all the troops heard the king giving orders concerning Absalom to each of the commanders. David's army marched out of the city to fight Israel. And the battle took place in the forest of Ephraim. There Israel's troops were routed by David's men and the casualties that day were great. 20,000 men. The battle spread out over the whole countryside and the forest swallowed up more men that day than the sword. Now Absalom happened to meet David's men. He was riding his mule and as the mule went under the thick branches of a large oak, Absalom's hair got caught in the tree. He was left hanging in midair while the mule he was riding kept on going. When one of the men saw what had happened, he told Joab, I have just seen Absalom hanging in an oak tree. Joab said to the man who had told him this, What? You saw him? Why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? Then I would have had to give you ten shekels of silver and a warrior's belt. But the man replied, Even if a thousand shekels were weighed out into my hands, I would not lay a hand on the king's son. In our hearing the king commanded you, and Abishai and Ittai, protect the young man Absalom for my sake. And then the story goes on how Joab went and he killed Absalom. And two messengers were sent to David. Um, let's read verse 29. The king asked the first messenger, is the young man Absalom safe? Ahimaaz answered, I saw great confusion just as Joab was about to send the king's servant and me, your servant. But I don't know what it is. The king said, stand aside and wait here. So he stepped aside and stood there. Then the Kushit arrived and said, my lord, the king, hear the good news. The Lord has vindicated you today by delivering you from the hand of all who rose up against you. The king asked the Kushit, is the young man Absalom safe? The Kushit replied, may the enemies of my lord, the king, and all who rise up to harm you be like that young man. The king was shaken. He went up to the room over the gateway and wept. And as he went, he said, Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. That concludes our scripture reading. This part of the story of David tells how the Lord called him, anointed him, how he battled the giant Goliath. 
how he uh, became king of Israel, um, how he uh, managed to, to have victory over his enemies, and how he developed the reputation of a good king, of the best king in Israel. And then almost everything changed due to what happened between David and Bathsheba and the results thereof. And from, from 2 Samuel 13, we, we read how, how things went awry in David's house and among his kids. How there was a lot of sten- tension and how the kids was fighting among each other. Um, we, we read the sad story about Amnon that had sex with his half-sister Tama and then just sent her, sent her away. How, 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 how Absalom went and killed Amnon for what he did to Tama. And then how Absalom went on and um, grew in his rebellion against David. David's kids disappointed him on so many levels. But David disappointed these kids on so many levels. Relationships is challenging for all followers. And sometimes our relationships is sound and good and healthy. But sometimes it's not. And sometimes we disappoint our kids, ourselves, our friends, our family. Sometimes people disappoint us. Sometimes our kids disappoint us. And, and, and everything that happens just make our relationships more difficult. What, what must we do with disappointments? What must we do with failures of us and of other people around us? Maybe the bigger, bigger question is what does God do with our failures and when we disappoint Him? If we look at the story, most people that write about uh, the story between Absalom and David will say that um, Absalom was the culprit. He was guilty. It was all his fault. And when he died, it was, it was his due for what he did against David, the anointed king of God. You can't, you can't go in battle against your dad. You can't kill your brother without anything happening, happening to you. So everything that happened to Absalom, he had coming. It was his own choice. But we know we can't get away of David from David's mistakes. And to a certain extent, what happened was due to what he did, or rather what he didn't do. He could have been much more strict with his kids. He actually let them get away with murder. Absalom murdered Amnon. And he, David didn't even confront him. Then David didn't even talk to him about it. David missed Amnon's desires. He missed his daughter Thomas's um, sadness and, 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 and the guilt she had to live with. And, and her pain that she had to manage after what Amnon did. He missed Absalom's, um, Absalom, the fact that Absalom was so disappointed in his dad. He missed Absalom's anger towards him, towards his brother. 
David didn't discipline his kids as he was supposed to. And, and, and what was worse, that because of his, of his sin with Bathsheba, he wasn't a good moral example for his kids. They always say, our deeds cry so loud, they can't hear our words. And that's true here as well. And then when Absalom comes back later, ask for forgiveness, David didn't want to grant him that. Uh, David didn't allow Absalom to, for three years to come into the temple. Trust was broken between dad and his, and his son. And everything contributed to Absalom's rebellion. Because actually the only thing he was looking for was his dad's approval. Actually the only things he was looking for was to being accepted and recognized by his dad. And David missed that. So to a certain extent we can say that David wasn't, wasn't the example he was supposed to be. Yeah, it's clear that Absalom was in the wrong. He shouldn't have rebelled against David. But David was also in the wrong. And the interesting question is why? Why don't we write off David? Why don't God write him off? Because we know that if our only choice is to take revenge and to hurt someone back and is to retaliate and not to forgive and if our only only choices to blame, then we're in trouble. Then we're really in trouble. Because we know ourselves so well, we know that we come into rebellion. We make stupid decisions, become impatient. We sometimes not strong enough. Don't discipline our kids the way we must. Or sometimes don't discipline them at all. We make mistakes. We choose wrong. And even if our even if our intentions are sometimes good, we we missed it. Maybe. Maybe this this uh, picture is the best description of what's happening. Because all of us is not yet perfect. If Paul writes about this, he says in Romans 3 um, chapter uh, uh, Romans chapter 3 verse 23 he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know there's a lot of things we don't get right. There's a lot of things we do wrong. Even if we knew there's a better way to act to do. David should have known better. And, and if we're honest about ourselves, if we look at all the books we can read, all the podcasts we follow, all the advice we get, for example, about um, uh, educating our kids, disciplining our kids, we get it wrong sometimes. Most of the times we get it wrong. And we should have known better. But there's something else 
that we must see in the story. If, if they come to David and tell him that Absalom is dead, listen, listen to David's reaction about that. Chapter 18, verse 33. The king was shaken. He went up to the room over the gateway and wept. And as he wept, he said, Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom. If only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. David was heartbroken. And if we look at this whole story through that angle, from that angle, there's something else we must recognize. David didn't want to go into battle against Absalom. He would rather flee for his life. He would rather leave Jerusalem and, and flee and hide. And even if it so happened so that they had to go into battle, his request was to please go gentle on my son. And when the two messengers came, the first thing he wanted to know, didn't we win the battle? He asked, is, is, is my son okay? Is my son okay? David asked them to, to have mercy on Absalom. Wasn't that what he had for Saul? Wasn't that what he asked the Lord when Nathan came and confronted him about what he did with Bathsheba? Please, Lord, have mercy on me. If we're being honest, maybe we must ask more. Can't we give grace a chance? We've got another option. We can work harder on our relationships. We can read more books, listen to more podcasts. We can, we can be more strict with our kids. I remember when, when I grew up, we were three boys and my dad needed a strong hand to control us. Uh, we were sometimes naughty. We were sometimes did things that boys normally do. And um, I don't think it was always easy on my dad to discipline us. But you know what? There were times when I experienced grace, undeserving grace, which was even better, which had even a better impact on me as a young boy. We need both. But if we miss grace, we're in trouble. then we are left with our own plans, our own example, our own mistakes. If we read the history of Israel, see how revenge destroyed people. If we look at the history of mankind, how revenge killed nations. There must be another option if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ.
if it's not for grace, we don't have a chance. If we don't have grace for our kids, for our parents, for our partners, for our friends, we don't have a chance. I know people that went to their deathbed bitter because they couldn't be gracious. I know of kids that walk around with so, so much sadness because their parents didn't extend grace to them. How graceful are you? How much grace is there in your relationships? How much grace do you bring to the table? Romans 3, we've read chapter, uh, verse 23 that says all have sinned and fall short. And then listen to verse 24. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. If God doesn't have grace with us, our faith stops here if we don't believe that we are saved by grace we don't have a chance yeah we do have a responsibility to discipline our kids in, on the, in the proper way and we do have the responsi responsibility to be good examples But because we God's kids, we know that there is something else as well that's much deeper and lasts much longer. If we look at David's story, we see the disappointment, we see the pain, we see the suffering, we see the, the results of, of, of sin and what it does did to his house. And what it's doing in our own lives. And we know God will not allow sin to prosper. Um, and we know that sin has devastating effects in our lives. But it's not the end of the road. And we may believe in grace, in God's grace, which says that it doesn't matter what's the worst things that's happened to us or the worst thing we do or my greatest disappointment or biggest failure. It doesn't matter. It's not the end of the road. And maybe that's a challenge. Am I going to keep my faith? Doesn't matter how much I disappoint myself and other and the Lord, how many times I fail. Am I going to hold on to grace and live out of grace? Or or do I have another choice? 
sad story of David was that what he did wrong had a massive impact on his family. But the amazing story about that is that it wasn't the end of the road. There was something else in David. He understood that we need grace if we want to survive. So the challenge for each one of us, are we going to believe in grace and live out this grace? Will that be the measuring stick for my relationships with my kids, my wife, my friends, with myself? Or am I going to allow grace to change the way I treat people, look at people, I treat myself the way I look at the Lord? Because in the end of the day, we've got nothing else. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we may come this morning and repent of so much that's going on in our lives that's not part of your plan for us. Lord, you know what we are busy with and and how many times we we sin and and how many times we are impatient and and how many times we do things that's not right and hurt people and blame people and don't act the way we're supposed to act. How many times we don't have grace for, and mercy for people. Thank you for your grace. And thank, you, thank you for your saving grace. Lord Jesus, keep on challenging us to live from this source of grace. Help us to be more graceful. And have more mercy for people. Even, even if they hurt us. And even if we are being wronged. That our first reaction will not be to retaliate. But to have grace. To have mercy. To be carriers of your loving kindness in a world that that are so hungry for something else. And I pray for, for, for everyone that's watching, everyone that's listening. You know what we need, Lord Jesus. We want to ask for wisdom on the way back to, to coming together as church again, Lord. How, how to be church in, in a time after lockdown. We want to ask for, for your protection for our friends and our families and people down in South Africa, people that are struggling with their health. We want to ask, Lord Jesus, for your forgiveness for our sins. Thank you that we can connect with you in this way. And that we know that it doesn't matter where we are. But that we are still in your presence. And that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That your mercies 
never come to an end. Amen. We have time to bring our offerings. You see all the information down below. Thank you for every small contribution, every big contribution, for any every contribution. Um, it really do make a big difference. We've got a few birthdays this week. Um, Etienne Massain's birthday on the 13th, Sumin the 15th, Ailey Lawrence is the 15th, and then Ruben, Marley, Emma van der Jeffe, Geisbert Engelbrecht, Dirk Wolfarts celebrate their birthdays this week. May God bless you. Um, and it may be a special day for each one of you. The big question was, when are we going to come together as Chets again? We really thought that it's going to be the 27th of June, all our, all our plans was for that. But there's so, so uh, much confusion at this stage, uncertainty at this stage, that we're not yet sure. Um, but I want to, to give you the assurance that as soon as we know, as soon as the government guidance, as soon as the changes are being uh, uh, made public, we will let you know what's our plans for getting back together. In the meantime, you can you can buy a ticket for our um, first get together meal. It's going to be something special. We've got we, we we can't pray together, worship together, listen to the word together, not eat together. It's all part of part and parcel of the same thing. So don't miss out if it. If 27 June isn't the date that we um, start our, our contact services again, um, your ticket will uh, will still be worthwhile and will will help you to get a good meal the first time we get together. So I hang on to that. Um, I want to ensure you that we will not come together if it's not safe, if we're not allowed to, and if we can't worship and can't get together as as family. So, what's the space? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine, Lord shines his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may you have an amazing week where you experience the grace and love of the Lord as you've never experienced it before. Amen.
Shine.